0: Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. That means he looked after people's financial affairs. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Ron and I have known each other for decades. Both like to talk about investing. And you were were mentioning when we promoted this show last week, Ron, that we're going to talk about credit ratings. This is a good way for people to analyze a company. The floor is yours, my friend.
1: If you look at uh, typically when... Uh, An analyst comes on TV and recommends buying a company. Very seldom do they ever talk about debt. But debt is one of those things that gets you into trouble. And credit ratings are simply an analysis of how capable a company is, or government is, in fact, of servicing that debt. And And it essentially tells you how big a margin of safety they have. So if the economy goes in the tank, will they be able to service their debt? I mean, nobody worries about how a company will be able to service their debt in the good times. But the credit rating agencies really give you a good risk analysis of that company and its ability to service its debt, not just in good times, but in bad times. And because it's singularly one of the biggest reasons companies fail, it's very important for investors to take the time to dig down a little bit and look at the company's ability to handle its debt obligations.
0: It be a good idea if people would look into how countries manage their debt obligations, but don't get me started on that. The way yeah, things are horror, going right now. Uh So what are the negatives of it? Like, Are there positives and negatives about credit ratings that you want to outline here?
1: Yeah, the positive, first of all, it just basically gives you an overview of a company's quality, and you don't have to spend a lot of time analyzing the balance sheet and figuring it out yourself. Because they rank these things, and all you have to do is look at the rating. And that will give you a big head start on understanding how financially safe that company is. It also prevents you, as we talked about here just a minute ago, from making big mistakes that can really cost you a lot financially. And the negatives, well, there's three quick ones. The first one is that credit ratings don't cover everything. They don't cover, for example, countries that have their own system. For example, China has a lot of companies, and they have homegrown uh, analytics firms which go in there and analyze debt, but it isn't very transparent, so their credit ratings are not are really suspect. So most people, really, if they're looking at Chinese stocks and that have been analyzed for credit risk by Chinese analytic or credit rating firms, they take that with a grain of salt. Secondly, Some companies don't have credit ratings. For example, if you're too small, uh, you probably can't afford the expense of going through a big audit and getting one. Or if you make so much money, I mean, there's some of the big tech companies don't have credit ratings because they don't have any debt. They're sitting with billions in the bank. So sometimes you're not going to find a credit rating. And thirdly is companies pay third parties to do the research on them. So, Gord, if I was a credit rating agency and you're a big company... You will pay me to give you a rating. That's how it works. Unfortunately, this can lead to conflicts of interest that undermine the integrity of those ratings. Uh, You don't have to go too far back, for example, uh, to 2007, 2009. I mean, you remember the Ninja loans where there was no income, no jobs, no assets. These people still got loans, and they packaged these loans up and gave them a AAA credit rating or some of the auto loans. That fell apart in 2007, 2009. Uh, they packaged up a bunch of very low credit quality loans into, into a package, sold it to investors. And, of course, there was massive defaults on these things. So uh, I think that there's a lot more scrutiny in this area. But you have to realize that there can be conflicts of interest when you've got third parties uh, doing research and getting paid uh, to do that research by the companies that they're actually doing the research on.
0: And anybody who's listening to this who was not maybe paying much attention back when that happened, or you're young and you're still just starting out as an investor, watch the movie The Big Short. It does a pretty good explanation of that whole scenario, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> that is a great movie to watch uh, for just uh, looking at what kind of fraud can actually take place. And it just gives you a good heads up. So, you know, I mean... I think for the most part now, the credit rating agencies have cleaned up their act. But still, uh, if you're really doing a deep dive into a company, you start with a credit rating agency. But you also, it's a good idea just to take a look at the financials yourself or look at uh, a few other analyst ratings to see uh, what everybody else thinks of the particular company before you put down your hard-earned dollars on it.
0: I can think off the top of my head, uh, Standard & Poor's is a rating agency. There are others, right? There's some big ones.
1: Yeah, Standard & Poor's, Dominion Bond Rating Service, Fitch, uh, Moody's are the four big ones in uh, basically North America and Europe. Those are the ones that most Western countries use to analyze the debt of their companies. In other words, if you're going to buy a bond um, or you're going to buy a preferred, these are the guys that usually score them as to their credit quality.
0: So let's take a look at how this works. And and we'll use the S&P, Standard and Poor's, as as the example here. They have they use letters, don't they?
1: They've got, for example, AAA, AA, double, double A, single A, triple B, double B, single B, triple C, double C, single C, D. And each of these ranks has a plus or a minus. So you can have double A plus, double A minus, and if you remember your report card going to school?
0: Yeah. If you <laughs> had an A,
1: you had an A. You're pretty good. If you had a B, not bad. If you had a C, yeah, so-so. But if you got a D, well, there's no F here. But if you got a D,
0: uh, pretty bad. Yeah, mom fact, and dad usually weren't happy with that. <laughs> yeah, mom and dad
1: usually weren't very happy at all with that. And preferred shares, uh, they have a little bit different rating system. It's P1, P2, P3, P4, and the higher the uh, the numeral. So P1 is the highest ranking, P4 is the lowest ranking. And each level here has a plus and a minus. So P1, P1 high, P1 medium, P1 low, P2 high, P2 medium, P2 low. Um, and, and some of the ratings are like P1 plus, P1 minus. So uh, they, they use a little bit different nomenclature, but usually uh, high and low are the DBRS rating system is the, the ones we use.
0: Now, okay, we've talked about this on shows where, and you've made reference to the fact about investment grade. And, and I think investment grade starts what, at triple B. Or
1: triple, B, B, yeah. uh, triple B, A, AA, and AAA are investment grade. And on the preferred side, P1 and P2 are investment grade. P3, marginal, P4, uh, very high risk. So uh, each of these, just an investment tip, is that typically along with these ratings, the credit rating agency will come out with whether... Uh, the company's on a positive trend, a neutral trend, or a negative trend. And so if it's a negative trend, it means that the analysts are thinking that on the track the company's going, their credit rating's going to get worse and not better. So you want to stay away from the marginal stuff. In other words, if you've got a triple B minus that has a negative trend, you want to stay away from that because if it gets downgraded to double B, Many big institutions are precluded from owning any non-investment grade bonds and have to sell. And once they all uh, see that a downgrade has happened, they all head to the exit, and this can really push down the price. So you want to stay away from the triple B minuses if they have a negative trend. If it looks like they've got a positive trend, so that they can go to B or, or sorry, triple B and triple B high or triple B plus. Uh that's a uh, that's a good trend and so you might want to take a little speculative risk there but really stay away from the triple b lows uh that have a negative trend acc- attached to them.
0: Then they have and a, the best they have the risk of becoming junk, right? As they're called they, junk hey, bonds. Yeah. That is
1: uh that's exactly right, Gord. And and the junk bond is just that. It's a it's a company that has high credit risk. Okay. Now, the best way to find this stuff is do a Google search. Just uh type in the name of the company and uh, or supply its name and security symbol if you have it, and then you just put credit rating. And then you'll get uh, page after page after page of, of rankings and things like that. So very quickly, you just do a Google search of the company. It'll it'll give you two or three rating agencies and tell you what they think of these guys, whether it's a bond or preferred, or even if you're just looking at the, the common shares, it'll give you an idea of where they are on the, the credit scale and you'll get a better idea of how much risk you're taking if you're buying a stock.
0: So should we use this approach Ron if we're going to buy like some kind of an ETF or or just a, a share across that you know that we do we do we use the same approach there?
1: Well, if you go to uh, the company's webpage, so virtually every ETF and every mutual fund, especially the fixed income ones, Uh, What they they do is on their webpage, you can usually go down and uh, you dig into the stats. And they'll have a section stating what percentages of the securities in the portfolio are at each credit rating level. So if you have an ETF that buys preferred shares, it'll tell you the credit quality, like 40% P1, 30% P2, 15% P3, 10% P4. And bonds, you know, you might have... Uh, all investment grade, and then as you get into some of the more aggressive funds, you might find that virtually all of um, their weightings are non-investment grade. So if you're buying a fund or an ETF, it's really worth your time to look at the stats page and dig out what the quality of the individual securities they have, and they'll put a percentage on it so you know how much risk you're taking.
0: All right. So is there anything else you want to throw in here before we wrap it up and uh, talk about what we're going to do next week here?
1: Well, you can also use these credit ratings for buying common shares. Typically, uh, the credit ratings are to evaluate the bond and preferred holdings, but they also tell you um, what the company as a whole uh, is as far as their debt quality. And don't forget, when you're buying common shares, you're the low man on the totem pole. They get paid out last if the company has to liquidate its assets due to bankruptcy or insolvency. So you want to check its credit rating. Uh, The company's credit rating tells you how much credit risk uh, you're taking owning these common shares, especially if it runs into financial problems. So check a securities credit rating. It's a very quick way to find out how much debt risk you're taking on
0: okay so in light of that these kind of tie together we're going to talk about some uh stocks that you really like in your best of the best portfolio these are the ones that have the good the good ratings they've got the substantial meat on the bone that you think are are pretty good for investors is that what we're going to check out next week
1: we're going to take a look at companies that are considered the benchmark or standard in each sector. So uh, there's far more sectors. I could have probably gone with 50 sectors, but I took probably 18 of the more common investor sectors, and we're going to take a look at them and take a look at the companies that are considered the standard which everybody else compares themselves. And especially when you're going into rough markets, um, a lot of people want to migrate to the highest quality they can find in each uh, sector. This will give you an opportunity to take a look at some of the real winners in each sector of the economy.
0: So back next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.